So your your chart. There are, there are one or two things that stand out. So um, at the bottom, for instance, near the bottom, you can see there's one black line that goes right into the red, which is iron. Yeah, I mean, that's serious. I mean, off the scale, literally. Exactly. But does it have any relevance whatsoever to your health? No. But does it not? Right, OK. Because, you see... So, you know, this is a hair test. We could have done a blood test. We could have done an intracellular test. I mean, all sorts of different tests we could have run. But this one is just the hair. Is there a correlation between high iron in the hair and your health? Not that anybody knows. So this looks really frightening. You think, wow, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm Iron Man. Man. Yes. <laughs> You're Iron Man, exactly. Yeah. But actually, it's not necessarily relevant at all in the same way that let's say we did a blood test and we tested things like magnesium, whether the magnesium in your blood was high or low again is irrelevant. Absolutely irrelevant because it's not about what's in the blood, it's about what's absorbed into the cells. Yes. Okay. So I, I, I've, I've heard about this with, with, with hair tests that you need, uh, it gives you all this information, but it makes no sense except in toto. So you can't look at say, Oh, arsenic! I've got serious arsenic. It, 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 there, there are reasons why it's it, it's the balance, isn't it, of of the particular metals? That yes, quite quite it. a few need to be in balance. Um, but a really interesting example. I mean, also you've got high mercury. Uh, right. You've got uh, let me see, high arsenic, lead, mercury, uh, silver, um, and nickel. Okay, so. Uh, what does that tell us? Well, anybody, well, uh, let, let's take this example, not you, but let's say we were looking at an autistic child. Yeah. You have two children, let's say they're, they're twins, one's autistic, the other isn't, something like yeah. that. Now, we look at their mercury content and we see one child has got very high mercury in the hair, the other has got very low mercury in the hair. Right. So which one is the autistic one? Well, the likelihood is it's the one with the low mercury. Oh, really? They're not excreting it. You are. You've got loads of mercury in the hair. I would have loads of mercury in my hair because we're exposed to mercury. Right. Air from coal-fired power stations, if we eat old, you know, fish like tuna or whatever, you know, loads of reasons why we can get mercury. And so the issue with the uh, autistic child is they're not able to excrete it. Now they've got brain problems because mm. of so the fact you've got high mercury in itself isn't that surprising because most people do. However, the tie-up is so interesting. Now, what is the uh, the thing, the mineral you are lowest on? It is selenium. Right. What is, there are many things that are famous about selenium. One of them is the fact it detoxes mercury. Right. Now, the other thing that's super interesting about selenium is that in one study I looked at where they look at, looked at people with fibromyalgia, you know, and you mm -hmm. could maybe call that ME or you could call it Lyme disease or you could call it a number of things. Yes. They're all low on selenium. Like, right. It's general. It's general. So selenium is missing in most soils worldwide. In some areas, there's lots of selenium, but in quite a lot of areas, US, UK, just bits of land which never had that much maybe in the first place but because you know the, the, if if the 
land has been destroyed 30 years ago by spraying on some DDT or something, it may be that everything that used to create the selenium in the soil is wiped out. You know, the bacteria, the worms, you know, they never came back. You know, how many thousands of years does it take to put all all the good guys back in the soil again after you've wiped them all out? Yeah. I don't think anybody knows. But um, when, when I had an organic farm years ago, you know, 30 years ago, I had an organic farm. Um, I, this was in Spain. I asked the organic people to come and certify me so that I could have their stamp of approval. So they came around and they did a little soil test and said, oh, it's absolutely fine. I knew it'd be fine because I bought land that had never, never been poisoned in the first place. Uh, and I said, well, what would have happened if it had been poisoned? Let's say there'd been a manufacturing plant on this bit of land that had been chucking out mercury into the soil because they built batteries or something. Um, how long would it take? to rectify that soil. And they said, well, uh, we pass almost everybody if they've left the soil alone for three years. And if it's really badly contaminated, we wait till five years and then we give them an organic certificate. Mm. So, well, again, how many thousands of years could it take to get over mercury poisoning in the soil? Can we really trust organic food to be what we think it is? And so over the 10 years that I had the farm, they never came to check what I was doing ever in 10 years. Never did they they come. So um, clearly we need to be eating as, as fine a food as we can possibly get. But the selenium is super interesting. Uh, I, I think you've probably got some of the selenium. Did I give you some or not the liquid stuff? I can't remember. I may not have done it. So I'll, I'll send you some. Um, it comes in a little tiny bottle. Yeah. Little tiny bottle. Uh, conceivably can last one year. You don't need very much. Some people get their selenium from Brazil nuts, for instance, yeah, uh, which have the most selenium, assuming the soil they were grown on has it. Uh, and then pistachios have quite a lot of selenium in. Uh, there are a number of things. Um, nutritional yeast can have selenium in, liver, a no, number of things. Uh, so what I've noticed with selenium, and this was first observed in the 80s and 90s with the people who are addicted to certain substances, particularly opiates like methadone and stuff, uh, alcohol, uh, sometimes by taking maybe 10 times the daily amount for two, three days that people come off uh, drugs, prescription drugs, um, all sorts of recreational drugs, um, not necessarily marijuana, so you don't have to be too scared. <laughs> um but uh, um it it's been super interesting because there are different types of selenium there's the natural stuff from foods then there are various different ways to create selenium and put it in a capsule or whatever and uh some some seleniums are good the type you get in in a very cheap shop probably is the wrong type the least effective type but the best stuff in, that I've used is this liquid. Um, it's incredible, absolutely incredible, amazing results. People often feel it very quickly, and it goes with iodine. Selenium and iodine go together as uh, a sort of synchronous thing. Now, let's have a look at your iodine levels and see where you are there. Okay. So iodine... You're a bit a bit low, not 
not not not hugely, quite a bit low. But if you're low on iodine, that that's likely to give you foggy thinking. It's likely to give you dry skin. It's likely to uh, affect women hormonally. Um, and I, I think we've mentioned this before on a, another show that in Japan they don't have a word for menopause because of all the iodine they get in their diet from seaweed and sea fish. So they have very little breast cancer because it, it really doesn't happen much because of the protection from all the iodine again. So if you feel tired, you want to maybe consider taking the iodine and selenium in the morning. Mm -hmm. If you notice a boost of energy, um, amino acids might also give you a significant boost of energy if somebody listening to this is tired in the morning. And the way to take iodine is to mimic the way the Japanese do it, in that uh, on average, they reckon the Japanese have about 12, 12 12.5 milligrams of iodine in their food every day, which would be equivalent to two drops. Um, you know, and, and the price of iodine, you know, are people going to be put off by how expensive it is? Well, 25 pounds will last you a year. So it's incredibly inexpensive. And with all these things, they are powerful. Iodine is a powerful tool. I mean, think about when somebody goes in for surgery, before they even cut you open, they paint you with a big paintbrush with iodine. Because yeah. iodine is antiseptic and you know, antibacterial and so on. So um, the experts on iodine generally recommend taking it five days a week, uh, not every day, and with the selenium. And uh, I've had people who, I said, did the dry skin end a few days? Yes. Is your thinking clearly a few days, a few, few weeks? Are you now walking in a room and remembering what you walked in? Yes. It, it's our iodine is fast, really fast. And uh, it's, you know, if you can say such a thing, spelt with a K, it's anti-cancer. And uh, this is well known. Hundreds of years of knowledge about iodine, or at least 200. I remember, um, I think you told me about when you put iodine on your skin and how quickly it absorbs depends on whether you need it or not. I, I did it on me and I couldn't see any obvious thing. I mean, looking at my chart, would you say that I do need to take some iodine? Uh, well, you're within the, the, the normal range, but you're at the low end of the normal range. Right. So um, with so many of these things, it's actually experiential. You know, you try it. Do you know, I think I'm noticing a difference. You know, a lot of people notice that um, if they feel they've got brain fog, they feel that lift. I mean, right. Really quite yeah. common. Um, but anybody who's got dry, dry skin, uh, thyroid issues, because you know, the reason people have thyroid issues in the first place is lack of iodine. So anybody with thyroid issues, anybody with foggy thinking, dry skin, temperature out of control, like, like menopausal women, you know, their, yeah. their temperature's all over the place. So if somebody shakes your hands, or you've got cold hands, or you've got, you want to wear socks in bed because you've got cold feet or something like that, almost certainly iodine deficiency because iodine controls the thyroid, which controls temperature. I do get driven nuts by itchy skin around my torso, uh, on, on the sides particularly. Is that is that a sign? Is that a, is that a common thing, a, a sort of dry skin thing? Um, well, I haven't particularly heard that as a common thing. Oh. Um, 
people who get itchiness um, on the base of their feet or around their feet and ankles, that, that can be liver congestion. Right. I haven't got that. Good. I don't think. Right. Um, well, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if it goes away. I mean, well, exactly. With the with with the iodine on the skin, if you put it on the inside of your wrist, for example, then it'll go straight in through the wrist very quickly. Now, it should last at least four hours, at least. Some people, it's gone in 20 minutes because their body is going, yes, please, and sucked it right into the bloodstream. You know, anything you put on the skin, obviously, does go in. I feel concerned about people who use nasty hand creams that they bought from the supermarket for a pound. Oh, I know. Rub it in, and whoop, it's gone. Well, where's it gone? Into the brain, into the bloodstream, into your heart? You know, pe people are misguided with things like shampoos and conditioners. You know, you're rubbing, let's say somebody buys a 99p shampoo from God knows where, and they're rubbing this poison right into their brain, and then they're compounding it with some nice conditioner. Did, did you know, I, have I told you before, Clive, um, that one of my sort of dirty secrets, almost literally, um, is that for a very long time, I, I even though my my mother used to send me off to school with a, with with deodorant, I've never used deodorant or antiperspirant. Um, I stopped using sham, shampoo ten years ago, um, and I've never used soap except to wash my hands. So I'm thinking, what maybe one of the reasons I'm among the awake is that I haven't been poisoning myself daily with all these things that, that, that are part of most people's routine. Well, absolutely. You know, I used to work in the contact lens business 40 years ago, and there people were putting thimerosal in their eyes every day with contact lens solutions. You know, thimerosal is a, is a mercury sort of compound, and every day they're putting mercury into their eyes. Uh, people are doing this stuff because they think it's fine. They don't realize that maybe... Actually, the stuff they're putting in their eyes is fine, but the preservative, that's the thing that's, you know, maybe doing them brain damage. It's not just that they think it's fine. They actually think that it is doing them some good. They think the, these industries, you know, the pharmaceutical industry or whatever, they're all so heavily regulated that there is no way that, that, that you could go into a supermarket or whatever or a chemist and buy stuff which is poisoning you. I mean, that's, what, that's how people think. Yes, of course, of course. Um, let's have another look at the chart here and see what else is high. Now, yeah. we've got, um, I mean, like most people, they're, they're mainly high. I mean, you've got high aluminium, antimony, arsenic is really high. Vitamin C uh, will help bring the arsenic level down. And probably things like MSM sulfur and things like charcoal. So, um, MSM sulfur, uh, when you, let's say you, you, you've got mercury poisoning from the tuna or the metal fillings or yeah, yeah. Pounds or whatever it is, it, it builds, it, it's in your cells and stays there. But if you add sulfur, the mineral sulfur, sulfur sulfates metals, sulfates quite a lot of toxins, and all the sulfates are water soluble. So you want to get rid of the mercury and the arsenic and so on. Uh, MSM sulfur will draw it out of the cells, turn it into a sulfate, now you can pee it out. But there's one uh, contraindication with sulfur, is that you have to take enough. So imagine uh, you've got 
this load of, of mercury and you want to get rid of it. You take this much sulfur, let's say you took half a teaspoonful of sulfur or a capsule or something like that. Now, that would probably do quite a good job at drawing it out deep in, from deep in the cells. Mm. If you've taken enough, it'll come out of the cells into your bloodstream. Now you'll feel worse. Yeah. And then it'll go back, back in again. So the thing when you're taking MSM sulfur is if for some reason you feel worse, take more because you've mobilized it. You just now, now need to kick it out. So sulfur's very, very important. And most people, most people eat it in the form of uh, it's, it's in liver, it's in cruciferous vegetables, it's in eggs, it's in onions, it's in garlic shallots, it's in ginger, you know, it's one of the components that makes some of these foods really quite good for you. But You've named some of my favourite things there, Clive. I, I've always been almost unhealthily. No, that's the wrong word. I love liver, and I'm I'm always. It's my favourite thing, actually. I, I I love lamb's liver, and I'm always happy when, in anticipation of it, I love eating it. A huge plateful of it, and I always feel great afterwards. Which is presumably my body's way of telling me you need liver. Absolutely. And, you know, for when the carnivore makes the kill in the wild, it's always the liver they go for first, because that's where the nutrition is primarily. You know, there's right. not much in the flesh. They might go for the kidneys, the brain or the heart after that. So it's, it's interesting what they choose when given the choice. And most of us are low on the nutrition that liver gives us. You know, it's full of vitamin A, it's got all sorts of fantastic things. One of my favorite stories actually was told to me by a medical doctor, Dr. Jennifer Daniels. And she she was the person who'd been vegan the longest, more longer than anybody. She couldn't get out of bed. She got weaker and weaker and weaker. And her intuition kicked in and says, calves liver. She got somebody to bring her calves liver and she was out, out of bed feeling much better by the end of the afternoon. Blimey. That's quite a, that's quite a shock for a vegan. I mean, that's, that's, that's full carnivore going from vegan to, to calves liver. Unfortunately, every vegan that I've known long term is no longer vegan. I mean, some people carry on being vegan their whole lives. They get away with it. But mo most can't keep it up long term because they start running out of taurine, you know, taurine the bull from taurine from beef and so on. That that's is for the eyes. That's why I put um, in my magnesium blend, I put some taurine in the form of magnesium taurinate in there for vegans just to help them along if they don't know then b12 you know b12 is the, the all the b vitamins are the energy things and what doctors don't know is how to test properly for b12 so people go to the doctor and they say your levels are all right but for a doctor if uh if you're in the green or the yellow that's probably all right for them yeah they're, they're looking for the red but because i believe they look at the B12 numbers incorrectly, they're missing what's going to become multiple sclerosis, they're missing what's going to become Parkinson's, they're missing what's going to become dementia and Alzheimer's because B12 deficiency can lead to all those things. But by the time you're getting the symptoms, it's too late. Right, okay. right. So, okay, so other things that you've got um, that, that are above the sort of green line, um, yeah, you know, I mean, the, the, sorry, the fact is with the B12 test, let's say you're, you know, 
here's the middle line at 50. You're at 49. If you were one more, you'd be in the red. But then, oh, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're absolutely fine. So the other things that are high for you, uh, colloidal silver, or silver rather. Now, I love colloidal silver as a remedy, but some people take it every day, which I think is foolish. I would Because it, it, it never goes, does it? Well, um, uh, it depends quite, I mean, a lot of these things depend on the size of the particle. Now, I don't recommend um, the very tiny particles of silver, which they sometimes call nanosilver, um, because I think the particles can be too small, just like graphene oxide in the jabs, just like a lot of poisons that are, that are metallic, People who are taking uh, the artificial C60, for instance, it's electromagnetic, it is electroconductive, and it's so small and artificial that when it goes into the cells, I and a number of others are very concerned that it may never come out again. And if we are being subjected to 5G as a trigger mechanism, I don't like the fact they're putting graphene oxide and stuff in our bodies. Yeah. But you can get rid of that. Uh, fulvic minerals will be um, shown to um, get rid of a lot of graphene oxide. So if I'd been jabbed or if I had family members who now wanted to rectify it, um, fulvic minerals would be one of the things I'd be choosing. And, and we should do another show another time on actually. Oh, we should. We should do, we should do an absolute a, a jab detox special. Yeah, because yeah, I think, like, I mean, there are so many people out there. As 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 we're, we're reaching, aren't we, the stage where the, the general public are waking up to vaccine damage? The the, the number of people I've spoken to have said, "I'm not going to have another jab," and you know, did I make a mistake? And they're going to be a receptive audience. I, I want to help them. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, exactly. So, so we could do that. Let, let's just get back to you for a minute. Um, do you use uh, stainless steel pans for cooking? Bright silver. Yes. Okay, so... Yes. Um, stainless steel that uh, comes in different qualities. You can get very, very high-quality stainless that has uh, more or less a, no nickel, very little nickel content. The cheap stuff has a high nickel content. And nickel basically is a poisonous substance, so... Let's say you're using uh, pans, whether it's non-stick or stainless steel, and you're using metal spoons or scrapers yeah. off. With the non-stick, you're scraping off the Teflon fluoride non-stick, which is poisonous. And with cheap pans, could you potentially be scraping off some of the nickel in small particles? Um, so personally, I use the old-fashioned glass frying pans and glass saucepans you can they're banned now but you can buy them on ebay second hand um and they're brown glass they have the advantage you can cook a steak or something lift it up and you see how it's done from underneath without having to turn it over and okay they're very strong very hard to scratch glass off um um you know, other than that of course they're, they're enamel coated um, cast iron or plain cast iron but i'm a little little concerned about a cheap stainless steel even more concerned about aluminium pans that they use in, in cheap restaurants you know those big huge aluminium pans dull yeah gray. 
and you scrape those with a, me a metal. I know. Scrape. That's brain damage. Let, let, let me ask you, um, we've got this, we've got these old, very old um, aluminium um, jam making, jam making pots from, from my wife's, you know, grandmother or whatever from, from the old days. Um, and I've sort of suggested that maybe this isn't a good idea, but, but, but wife is, to, you know, because, because it's a, it's, it's an inherited thing. It's old school. Okay. It's, um, it's, and it's very big for making jam. Have they ever had a history of any dementia or mental deterioration at the end of life? Has that ever happened in the past? The granny? Whoever? No. Well, good. So hopefully your family is able to detox aluminium quite well. Right. Okay. I, I don't yeah. Um and we so, don't we don't need jam all the time to be fair. Um so Yeah. I mean uh if the opportunity came to replace it with something better, that would be great. But uh, yeah. it's probably not a huge, huge worry in the big if okay. you're in, in if you were boiling stuff every day in it. No, uh, we, we wouldn't do that. No, no. Okay, so um so onto the minerals. Um you are High on a few things and, and a little bit low on, on some. There's nothing particularly stand out there. As we mentioned, the iron is sort of irrelevant. So um, you're good on calcium, magnesium. You're just in the yellow, but being in the green at all is, is a surprising thing to see for most people. But you're supplementing, I think, with magnesium. So yeah. you could take a bit more. According right. to this. But this is three months. Yeah, this is a report from, let's say, between last week and three months ago. Yeah. So this isn't necessarily reflecting your position today. Yeah. Um, but there's very little to worry about. It says uh, you're a little bit high on copper and zinc, but they're in, in ratio with one another. And that's fine. You know, we can vary during the day between our copper and, and um, zinc levels being up or down so in fact it's a little bit up in the in on at this snapshot it, it's not really saying anything if if it was the other way around let's say the copper was really high and the zinc were really low or vice versa that would be a problem but the fact that they're together is a good thing um it says you're a little high on manganese but there's really nothing uh to be concerned with Pretty much everything else it is pretty much okay. The the one to that I would be well well there are two actually three three okay um it says your sodium is slightly low now that's probably irrelevant as well because that's in relation to sodium and potassium and your sodium and potassium levels are quite even so I w I wouldn't worry about the sodium at all if somebody had very low sodium that might be indicative they're not eating sea salt they're eating something else or very high in sodium again it may be because they're not eating sea salt they're eating table salt or something instead so another one you're slightly low on is vanadium now vanadium and chromium and i think you're all right for chromium um well that's why i can't find chromium that's very odd they don't seem to have measured it that's odd anyway chromium and vanadium are the two minerals that control uh, your desire for sugar and carbohydrates. So pretty much every 
type 2 diabetic, for instance, and type 1s, will almost certainly be low on chromium and low on vanadium. I mean, many type 2 diabetics, one of the reasons they are type 2 is they, they're craving carbs and sugar and chocolate and sweet stuff. Um, so when you test people, I, I've done lots of mineral testing over the years, um, type 2, two diabetics are often low on vanadium and chromium. So uh, if that happens to uh, be the person listening to, to this, you can get supplements. I don't sell it on my website at the moment, but there's for 10 quid or something, you can get chromium vanadium as, as, as a supplement together. Some people find within a day that their cravings change. Wow. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think your chart is pretty good, but it's so interesting. You've got a, a few of these toxic metals and, um, but the selenium is huge. The selenium could change your energy levels and detoxify you. you know, your brain might get clearer, that sort of thing. Well, that, that, that obviously, Clive, I'm disappointed that I'm not riddled with exciting and exotic <laughs> toxicities. Well, you, you've got good. enough, don't worry. Yeah, you may not yeah, be yeah. Them, but that, that's enough. Yeah, and, no. Um, I mean, uh, you interestingly, I'm looking at the right line. Interestingly, your cadmium levels are low, according to this. So uh, that's good. Your barium levels are low. And, you know, for people who um, like puffing on things, sometimes that's high. So it's not for you. Uh, uh, do you have um, your water pipes? Are they copper? Yes. Okay. Might be. Might be. Okay. So some people who find they've got an exceptionally high copper level um, might well think, well, may, maybe it's the uh, water pipes. And nickel, there are quite a few toxic metals in you know, copper pipes that are impure, for instance. Yeah. Um, uh, again, in the water we dr we're drinking and cooking in and bathing in is so important. Um, there are whole house water filtration systems if people could afford them um, under a thousand pounds. There are lots of criminals in the water filtration business who will sell you something that's not very good for a lot of money. So you want to find somebody good. Um, I've got a link on, on, on my site uh, to, to a company that I rate very highly. And um, I, what I did when I moved into this house about eight years ago is I phoned up the water, water supplier, the water board, and said, look, can you send me an analysis of what's in my water? Because I want to know, is there a percentage of recycled sewage in the water? Yeah, because that means recycled birth control pills and antibiotics every drop. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to know, you know, what am I dealing with? So should I get a very big, powerful filter or can I get away with something small? Luckily, the report came back that it, there was no, no recycled sewage in the water. It was basically fine. It, there was no fluoride in it. All they were doing was adding aluminium sulfate, I think, to make the water clear. Of course, the fact that it might give people dementia is irrelevant to them. And fluoride, uh, sorry, chlorine. So chlorine is easy to get rid of. I like baths rather than showers. So I put a teaspoonful of cheap ascorbic acid, non-GMO, which I sell on my site, costs pennies. And that will neutralize all the chlorine right away in my bath. 
then I, again, I say, I'm sorry, it sounds like an advert, uh, vitamin C shower filters, which, um, again, neutralize the chlorine, make people's skin feel better. I got a lot of people saying, having had baths or showers in vitamin C, um, you don't need much, uh, their skin improves. And, and everybody's low on vitamin C, pretty much, myself included. Oh, yeah. You know, you know what I do? I, um, to save on, on the heating bill, um, I always take my shower at the um, at the health club, and of course the, the the advantage of that is it's 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 cheaper, but disadvantage is you do get showered in shit water because I, I you know I mean I I filter all my own water at home, won't drink it. I, I use I use a Berkey filter. I mean they're they're good, aren't they? Well, they're not my favourite method. Um, what does happen with some some people after a while with Berkey filters unless they've using something like an ozone generator to to disinfect it after a while they, they can go green inside you know because oh. stuff starts getting trapped within the matrix of the filter and you can imagine two or three years you know is it going to be quite all right i mean if i had a berkey um you know i i, I use ozone <laughs> excuse me And you can buy ozone generators 20 quid, they're not, not expensive. And you could put it inside the Berkey and close the lid, open a window, leave the kitchen, and allow the ozone gas, which is antibacterial, to penetrate through the pores of the Berkey. And that should hopefully knock out any harmful bacteria that might be growing there. You know, what, what are you filtering out, you know? Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, you know, if it I, where you live, your your water's probably pristine, but people living in cities, it may not be the case. Yeah. Personally, I use reverse osmosis, and with reverse osmosis, that takes the good minerals out as well as the bad. So I might put a squirt of fulvic minerals in my water if I'm drinking plain water, just to remineralize uh, the water. Some people like to revitalize by the water by by vortexing it. You know, just Literally, if you get a bottle and you spin it like that, you can see like the hurricane-type vortex. And that, bizarrely, restructures the water. So when it's come through pipes, it has been, uh, the structure has been changed. If you get water that's come out of the ground like a spring, A, it's anti-gravity. Right? I'd be on the top of mountains where water is coming out at the top that, that water is ripe, ready to drink. It's actually coming at you out of a spring. And uh, in nature, everything spirals. But in pipes, things don't. So you know, there's so many things one can do to dramatically improve water. I'm sure, you, I think probably every listener to this knows Dr. Masuro Emoto's work, the Japanese scientist who, who put messages into water. You know about that? Um, tell me. So uh, he'd he'd take water and he would freeze it. Now, he'd take water that was really quite impure. And when he examined the the crystals of of water that that had formed, um, if the water was polluted, the crystals were all over the place. But if the water was pure from from a spring or a waterfall or something, it looked like a diamond. Look, you know, when you see snow crystals, they're always different and always fantastically beautiful. And so he found that you could get two glasses of water, the same water, and on one, 
right it sounds unbelievable messages like i hate you and on mm. the other glass i love you freeze it look at the water crystals and the glass that had the love had lovely crystals and the other one didn't so loads of people have been um, replicating his work this was 30 40 years ago that i first came across his work and so because we are what 90 percent water imagine somebody's thinking loving thoughts to to you or you're thinking loving thoughts to your body you know i'm well i'm healing whatever you you, you need could it be that your water crystals will now literally change physical form to be more helpful and there's so much evidence this is actually true so when we think about if we if we think kindness towards somebody else mm. are we changing their physical structure if we think hate to somebody else again are we changing their physical structure for the worse my take from that is water must be much much cleverer than people give it credit for because if water can read japanese that's that's pretty impressive it it, it well did, is it that, or was it the guy's intention? Was it the thought? I mean, just because he wrote it down, was that what did it, or or was it his thought? Yeah, process? I'm being frivolous. I think it probably was the intention. Because I, I've heard of similar experiments done with rice, where the the rice goes mouldy if, if, if it's subjected to hate, and it stays fresh if, it, if it's um, bombed with love. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy it, shit. Proven science, even though it's surprisingly weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think I think we've talked about this before. That that um, before I before I went down the the rabbit hole, um, well, I was just I was just I, I was investigating my first burrow, which was essentially the 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 climate change bollocks. You know, the the entire green movement, and that was my first understanding of that there are these people who will lie to you in order to promote a particular agenda and climate change is obviously one, one of the big ones and i noticed that the people who were virulently anti people like me you know who, who really wanted to, to dismiss us as climate change deniers and stuff were also passionately wedded to darwinism darwin and fanatically anti-homeopathy and I, I reckon there's something in homeopathy, and I've, 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 you know, heard, heard so many good things about about the success in treating. Well, we can we can do a, the whole other one on homeopathy, but but treating cattle, for example, which don't know they're taking a homeopathic, you know, they they, they haven't read the label saying. So I'm sure water does have memories, and I'm sure it is very, yeah, influenced by things like emotions and stuff. Well, quite. So I, I'm aware that you've got uh, a meeting to go to in a few minutes. I do, yes. So I'm going to send you some selenium. Yeah. I'd be very interested to know how you feel day one, day two, day three, mm -hmm. if it makes a difference for you. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you next time. Yeah, that would be good. But one more thing. Are people... Um, would would you recommend to people it's about 150 quid isn't it i think to get one of those hair detailed hair test analysis analyses I, I i had mine done i think by a lab in america it took bloody ages for it to to arrive you have to cut off 
the, uh, quite a chunk of your hair close to the scalp and send it off and you get that full analysis apart from that the thing that you mentioned that it doesn't include uh, but is, are these things useful or not well they can be they, they can be really useful i mean i used to use them quite a lot and then i changed to uh using a, a device that uh, shone light through the body and oh, right. sort of spec spectrometry yeah uh, uh and then i realized that actually i've been doing these tests for so long if i ask people questions i can generally find out what what's what's wrong um so right. if i had a choice of spending 150 on a hair mineral analysis or 150 on supplements i would spend them on the supplements first because uh, everybody's low on the same stuff, and we've talked about this in other shows. You know, magnesium, mm. vitamin C, vitamin D in winter, uh, selenium, iodine, zinc. For some people, who've got white spots in their fingernails. Uh, you know, everybody's low on basically these same sorts of things. And if money was tight, uh, and I had a choice of doing the hair and mineral analysis, and getting the, the the knowledge, or just trying it myself, because most people who try magnesium, for example, they notice. If they take the right type of the right, the right amount within uh, yeah. Talking of which, my wife swears by your your magnesium. Um, she's she's yeah. So what, what results does she get? Do you remember? Well, she feels the want of it. I know that. It, um, it's the biggest of all the things that I've discovered. Magnesium is the biggest. That's the one that really changes people's lives. You know. It's good for sleep, isn't it? Stuff like that. Can be. Uh, it can be. It's good for depression. Um, it's good for heart issues. It's good to stop cramps, spasms, headaches, migraines, epilepsy. It's oh. the answer for constipation for most people. And also, happy wife, happy life. You know, let's <laughs> let's get some more magnesium, Clive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it, it's incredible because everybody loved it. I mean, just everybody from the stress we're all under, bad food, missing in the soil, that kind of thing. So it's, it's universal. Uh, that's cool. Um, well, good. Well, I, I quite like these rambling freeform conversations. I mean, it, it, I mean this one obviously is, is, is to do with my, my hair analysis test, but it's, it, they can be useful to even people who haven't just had their hair test, can't they? I mean, just general general truths. Well, absolutely. And if people want to know that the company that you used was Doctors Data in the States, a very well-known company. The one I use is in England is called uh, Mineral Check. Right. I'm seeing with it. I haven't got the price of to what it costs. Yeah, except you put you've put your address on there. I wouldn't I wouldn't show your. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, fair enough. I might, I might change that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm not hidden. You know, the reality is that I've already had the Times and the Sun and people knock on my door and photograph me and put me in their newspapers. Tosses. Um, okay, We'll 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 continue the conversation. Can you uh, can you send some um, the the the, uh, the magnesium? Will do. Yeah. Um, that'd be brilliant. Um, I don't know which which version it is. Can you? Well, this, this... Uh, well the, the I used to do s several different versions. Then they banned L three and eight, which was quite a popular one. But these days, I 
the, the magnesium I do in capsules yeah. is four different types because each type has a slightly different effect and uh, too much citrate and then people end up in the bathroom with diarrhea so don't want too much of that uh, I put in taurinate as I mentioned for eyes and vegans malate uh, because magnesium uh, magnesium malate is made with malic acid and mother's breast milk has malic acid in it so it's a really good thing then we do um bisglycinate which is the most bioavailable version that people really get on with really well so you know that there are other blends out there but that, that, that one works pretty well cool okay good well clive yeah um uh thank you very much <laughs>